0: Hey, y'all. I'm Joe Tower, and you're listening to Tales of Male Folly, a storytelling podcast. Every episode, we bring you one new story, recorded live at one of our shows of the same name, held every other month at the Virgil Bar in Los Angeles. Each show is a lineup of four dudes, tasked with sharing a personal story in front of a live audience about the embarrassment, shame, and, for lack of a better term, folly of being a dude. I'm the host, and if you're in the L.A. area, you should check out our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash talesofmalfolly or our tumblr .tumblr talesofmalfolly.tumblr.com for upcoming event dates and times the show has been produced by the Hatbeard Company and the Knights Young and presented in partnership with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Los Angeles this podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play and of course always right here on the Extra Credit Network also if you've got a story that you'd like to tell in spoken or written form email us at talesofmalfolly at gmail.com right, enough chit chat on with the folly Hey there, followers. First of all, let me apologize for the fact that it's almost five days post St. Patrick's Day and I still don't have my voice. What can I say? My Irish blood boils within me. Second, I assure you, you won't have to hear me talk for long because you're mere seconds away from hearing a very funny story from a very funny storyteller. I couldn't be more psyched that Rich Monahan has finally added Storyteller to his bio. The writer, producer, and musician is a man of singular humility, but after he wet his beak at one of our first live storytelling shows back in 2015, or 2016, honestly, I don't know, it's all bleeding together, I knew instantly this dude and this medium were a match made in performance heaven, and it could not be denied. Since then, he's done our show three times, twice he's done our regular bi-monthly show, and he was kind enough to return to our annual jam this last January, which is when this particular performance of this particular story is from. I'm bummed you got to miss out on Rich's story about him trying to fuck a hot grapefruit, but damned if this story of a teenage game of psychological warfare with a bullhorn will be just as worth it. Sit back, relax, and listen to Rich Monahan's tale of male folly.
1: So, hi. Uh, it's my. It's the senior year uh, of high school, uh, and it's just wrapping up, and it's kind of a weird time in a kid's life where you know that in like a few short months you have to kind of grow up a little bit and like go away to college. So I feel like everyone has this weird nervous energy like we're all expecting some sort of grand final adventure to uh, cap off our childhoods. Uh, So here's a couple of things to know about me at this time in my life. I make public access television, I'm taking Accutane which is like the Cadillac of acne medication. (laughs) And the only time you'd ever find a girl anywhere near my bedroom is when I'm playing Tomb Raider. (laughs) And so uh, after graduation, my parents were like, hey, man, you're a good kid. You got good grades. You're going away to college. Like, we want to get you a graduation gift. Name it. And so uh, I'm sure in their minds they're thinking, like, a new guitar or a computer. But I'm thinking smaller. (laughs) Because I know exactly what I want. It is something I have long dreamed of owning. I want a bullhorn. (laughs) And not some cheap toy. I want a police-grade bullhorn. The kind so massive and thunderous it can only ever have absolutely no practical application in my life. So my parents are like, whatever you want. And I'm like, one bullhorn, please. And they're like, fine. So we do it. Uh, Dad and I go to Radio Shack. We buy a professional-level bullhorn and the, like, 12 D batteries that takes the power of the fucking thing. And the moment he pays for it, I'm so excited. I'm, like, racing out of the mall, and I'm ripping open the box, and I'm cramming the batteries, and we get outside. I crank the volume up to 10, and I say, Hello! And it is louder than I could have ever imagined. The sound is just booming in every direction. The entire mall parking lot snaps to attention. And in my mind, I'm like, okay. I'm God now. And it's difficult to explain just how loud this thing was. Uh, I grew up in a flat, Jersey suburb where there's nothing around except trees and houses and alcoholism, so like, the sound would just travel for days. Uh, I exclusively keep the bullhorn in my shitty car, and it's just bliss. I'm having the time of my life. I never use it out of malice, never to insult anyone. I only ever use it to share any dumb little thought that crosses my mind. Like, I'd be sitting at a red light, kind of bored, and pull out my bullhorn and say, Attention motorists, you are my best friends. (laughs) Or, uh, since my buddy Adam Curtis worked at an ice cream stand on the side of the road, I would drive by and experience the joy of watching an entire Little League team turn and cock their heads as a 1986 Toyota Corolla bellowed, Adam Curtis, come over after work. (laughs) And I'm just having the time of my life with this thing because while I may not have been a person of influence in high school this summer, I will be heard. Um, But still, I'm largely keeping the bullhorn a secret. I only tell a couple dude friends because as a child, I was obsessed with two things pranks, and Pearl Jam. And up till this point, the pranks had been largely crude affairs, like uh, crank calling local talk radio shows, or uh, telling Jill that my contact lens, which I did not wear, had fallen out in her yard, and I couldn't see anything, because I knew if she got down to look for it, her dog would try to hump her, which it did, and it was hilarious. But now, as far as pranks go, I'm looking to create my masterpiece. Cause after all, this is the summer of big things. And if I have to grow up in two months, then I am going out in a blaze of glory. I will dedicate myself to this, the defining moment of my childhood with the same sort of fervor that other losers I know are like, this summer we're gonna lose our virginity. But I know better, I'm like, yeah, that's not really in my wheelhouse. Like, I'm gonna stick with the prank thing. And uh, (laughs) this was not to be some sort of one-off prank. I was aiming for straight-up psychological warfare. (laughs) At the time, my friend Katie was dating this dude a couple years older than us, uh, this deadhead named Paul Matus. And so my diabolical scheme was this. Every day, I would drive by Paul Matus' house, pull out my bullhorn, and say, Paul Matus, and that's it. (laughs) That is the entire prank. But in my mind, it's genius, because it's such a slow burn. Like, inch by inch, I will absolutely gaslight this person. Like, I imagine Paul sitting at home one day, and just suddenly hearing his name louder than he's ever heard it before, and just being like, wait, did I really just hear that? And then the next day, the same thing happens. And then the next day, the same thing and again and again all summer long until I am so far in his head he is driven completely mad by trying to get to the bottom of this. Or like he's at dinner one night and his mom's like, you know, I heard it again. So <laughs> Paul Matus is also, he's, he's actually, okay, he's the perfect target for this too uh, for the following reasons. One, he doesn't know I own a bullhorn. <laughs> Two, he barely knows me at all so he'd never suspect me. Three, the speed limit on Paul road is 50 miles an hour. As such, he can never make it to the window in time to spot my car. And perhaps most importantly, number four, uh, his house is on my way to work, so it's like super fucking convenient. So it's day one. uh, While driving to my awful summer job, pushing a lemonade cart around Six Flags Great Adventure, I near Paul house. I roll down my window, I pull out my bullhorn, and I say, Paul Matus. And as I drive away, I am cackling maniacally, like I just pulled off the greatest caper of all time. (laughs) Next day, Paul Matus, and I'm dying laughing. Next day, Paul Matus, and on, and on, and on. And it takes about a month before I realize what a shitty plan this is. because by design, like I have no idea if it's actually working. Like, I don't know if he's having a reaction because every time I say his name, I'm then literally speeding away at 50 miles an hour. And like, I see him at parties, but you can't really just bring it up. Like, hey, Paul, what's up with your name? Like, are you hearing it a bunch? So by late July, four fucking weeks into doing this thing, I start to crack, I'm getting nervous. And like, I have to know if it's working. Like, this is my summer thing. So I check in with my friend who's dating Paul at the time and I'm like, "Uh, hey, Katie, uh, has Paul mentioned anything weird going on around his house? She's like, no. I'm like, "Uh, okay, I'm gonna tell you something but you cannot tell anybody. Okay. Uh, I have this bullhorn and I uh, keep it in my car. And every day I drive by Paul's house, I pull out my bullhorn and I say, Paul Matus, has he mentioned anything about this? And she's like, no. I'm like, fuck. Uh, Okay, well, let me know if he does. And again, please don't say a word about it. Now it's August, and I am sweating bullets. Time is running out, and I'm having a total crisis of faith, like, okay, I get it, none of this makes any sense. It's like barely a prank, I'm just saying some dude's name. Also, you know what? Paul works at the same Six Flags Park that I work at, so there's a world in which he's not even home when I'm doing this, and you know what? I think I'm bad at pranks. I'm pretty sure if I told anybody about this plan, they'd be like, oh, weird, I think Rich is in love with Paul Matus but I fucking need this to work, man, because everyone else I know is spending their summer doing their little farewell with their high school sweethearts, and, like, this bullhorn thing is all I got right now. So I double down. Paul Matus, Paul Matus, Paul Matus. Finally, it is the last weekend of the summer. I have officially been bombarding Paul Matus' house for a solid eight weeks. (sighs) Paul has not mentioned a word about hearing his name. Katie moved away to college to go to play soccer early or something, so, like, I can't get info from her. And I'm dreading the fact that in a few days, I have to move away and go to Rutgers University. And so I'm losing it. I'm out of time, but I need to know if this plan worked. And so my only option is to go to Paul directly. So at work that last weekend, I pushed my lemonade cart over to the caricature stand at which Paul Matus worked. And I'm like, uh, hey, Paul, uh, how's Katie doing? And he's like, oh, she's good, man. She's having fun. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Um, this is going to sound ridiculous, but um, I have this bullhorn, and I uh, keep it in my car. And every day, I drive by your house, and I say, Paul Matus. And Paul says... Oh, I know. Uh, Katie told me. (laughs) And with this, I am fucking heartbroken. Because I'd spent my entire summer on this stupid prank, and it was dead from the start. Like, even if Paul had been hearing my name, Katie had blabbed and ruined the whole thing. And so I'm crushed. So Paul tells me this shit, and I'm like, Oh. Okay. Well. Until uh, Paul's like, but... Uh, The other day, I was in my yard uh, playing wiffle ball with my brother Steve, and I guess you drove by because we hear my name, and Steve flips out like,
0: what the fuck is that?
1: (laughs) And Paul goes, oh, that's Rich Monahan." And Steve goes, I don't know what that means. I hear that shit all the time. Paul tells me this and I'm like, are you fucking serious? Cause it worked. I spent all summer long working on this stupid plank and I maybe missed Paul Matus, but I fucking nailed some dude I'd never met. And for me, that was enough. So I totally lose my shit. I'm like, oh my God, Paul, you have no idea how much that means to me. Dude, thank you so much for saying that. That is the coolest thing ever. For the rest of the day, I am walking on air. I am so ecstatic. That day, I drive my lemonade cart by Paul Matuse's caricature stand three times just to thank him. I'm like, dude, Paul, that's the coolest thing in the world. Paul, thank you so much. Paul Matus, you made my summer. Thank you.
0: Our live show, Tales of Male Folly, is performed every other month at the Virgil Bar in Los Angeles at 5419 Santa Monica Boulevard. It's produced and hosted by me, Joe Tower, and all promotional material is designed by Alex Gerdet. Our podcast, Tales of Male Folly, will be released twice a month, featuring one story per episode. It's hosted and produced by, again, me, Joe Tower, and executive produced and edited by Brian Weiss. For more new episodes of Tales of Male Folly and other great podcasts, subscribe to the Extra Credit Network. Thanks for listening.